a Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com. And when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. episode of the Steve Mathis show there is a high chanceability you will either learn something a lot of people don't know be left thinking or make you say to yourself dude that's so funny the bottom line is this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview welcome to the racer x podcast show brought to you by btosports.com hosted by Steve Mathis Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. I'm your host, as usual, Steve Mathis. With me today to review the 2011 AMA Motocross Series. We did a Supercross Series a couple weeks ago. Uh, we got a guy who's uh, actually in studio here, and that would be none other than uh, the privateer hero, Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? What's happening? Thanks for coming by. Yeah, no worries. And uh, on the phone from his estate in North Carolina, none other than Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Wagant? Yeah, good times. Good times, good times. Too bad you weren't here. Yeah, you know, it's weird. Like, it's just assumed. Like, I started getting phone calls yesterday, Thursday. Right. Like, where are you at? Where are we going out tonight? What are we doing? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not going. I'm, I'm not an announcer anymore. It is weird. Like, this is the first race that I won't do TV for in a couple months. Right. So then it's, like, expected that you do TV. And then I'm like, no, it's Ralph Sheen and Jeff. And then all these people are like, what? What? Huh? <laughs> I'm like, what? how does that not make sense? I've never done Supercross. Yeah, we should say that, uh, in case you didn't get it, uh, it's Friday before the Monster Energy Cup. And that is why JT is in town. And uh, James Lissamore is in the corner over there listening. So just being a typical weirdo photographer. Um, yeah, and why yeah, you didn't even come out to the Monster Cup to cover it. Like, you're just like, hey, Mathis is the guy. Yeah, well, for Racer X to send um, two people to it, and one guy lives there, that's a uh, – Right. We, we don't have a limited budget, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, what we, we, we will have Aaron Hansel, who's uh, so hot right now. Hansel is very hot right now. Yeah, he's hot. He'll yeah. be here helping me cover it. But uh, uh, anyways, this, this one – do we have a moment of silence for David Pingree for not being here first, first of all? Ping is on assignment, right? Ping is on assignment. He could not He's make on it. assignment, yes. Could not, assignment. could not make this podcast. Um, uh, we did a Supercross preview, and now we're going to – a review, and now we're doing a motocross review. And, uh, JT, you, you didn't race the outdoors, but uh, you were there uh, in spirit. Yeah, I went to a few, but yeah. obviously I was uh, recovering from knee surgery, so – yeah. Uh, wasn't there. Wasn't out there. Wasn't out there. But you certainly you, you know what's going on and you know what happened and you watched them all and yeah. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, you're ready. Um, I guess before the before the year started, why uh, the, the the kind of the big news I think uh, Porcel Christoph Porcel made an appearance and signed with Moto Concepts Yamaha. 
and it certainly added his late start in getting to a team added some intrigue to the series. Lots of bench racing and second guessing as to what uh, you know almost the two-time national champion uh, was going to do. It was exciting. Well, you have to remember we were coming off of the. I don't know if you saw the banners. Do they still have some hanging up over there at the stadium? It was the greatest season ever. Yes. In Supercross. Yes, yes. They, do they still have some hanging up? Um, I mean, they have yeah, lots of banners. I think they're down. still running that, yeah. So, but, um, you know, we came out of that it, minus Kennard, who had gotten injured. And then in the last moment, James Stewart said he wasn't going to race to the surprise of no one because every year they go out for these yeah. mysterious test sessions, claim they're going to ride the first four nationals and don't. Um, but still, there was a lot of hype because of how good Supercross was, even with still just, you know, Dungey Reed and uh, Villapota. That's still a pretty good lineup. And then you throw uh, Porcel on there, look out. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, and I think people thought, well, there was a, apparently he signed with the team because he liked the bike, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean um, I'll be honest. Kind of, I'll be yeah. honest, though. Uh, I never thought he was going to do good at all because of the way he never rode the model concepts Yamaha. He yeah. went there strictly because they offered him the most money. He did like the Valley Yamaha better than the Geico Honda. So he just, but he, but you know, uh, Valley is a pro circuit motor, pro circuit suspension. He was going to a team that ran FMF pipes and Enzo suspension. And, but he was just, he went for the money and I think it was the wrong reasons. And I didn't think he was going to do that well. I mean, did I predict that it was going to blow up uh, two races in and he was, you know, going to be done? No, but. I thought it was a bad move at the time. Uh, JT, what do you think? Uh, I, mean, I was surprised that he went to Motor Concepts. Um, obviously, it had to be financial reasons, I think. You know, obviously, yeah. the Geico team and, you know, I don't know about the Valley team that much, but I think they would have given him the best chance to succeed. JT, if you as a racer, if you have a choice between a Geico Honda 450 or a Motor Concepts YZ 450, what are you taking? Well, yeah, I'm going to take the Geico Honda. They have more resources, but right. you know, more established team, but better Mac, track but record. Metcalf did well on. Yeah, it. of course. Yeah. It's just you know, it's kind of a no-brainer yeah. move, and that's not a knock on Moto Concepts. It's just the level of teams right now. So yeah, uh, that was kind of surprising. Um, the result wasn't that surprising to me. I, I don't think that either bike would have changed the result. I just think he wasn't yeah in a place where he was ready to come in and do well. Right. What do you think at Hangtown? Uh, why get his performance at Hangtown? I thought, I mean, he looked to me like, hey, he's got some speed. He doesn't have the endurance and the stamina yet, but that'll come. That's sort of what I thought. Well, yeah, you know, I think it's forgotten because it went so badly is that for the four motos he was in, there were a few moments. The very first moto of the year when everyone's really kind of just feeling each other out, he was right there at the back of that train. Like, he was right behind Villapoto for a few laps. And you're like, all right, he's, he's in this mix as well. And then in Texas... I believe he actually passed Reed and Dungey early yeah. in the first moto and was behind Christian Craig. He actually he passed them and was ahead of them for two laps. So it clearly showed, okay, he can at least run with these guys. And then there's a lot of other stuff that has to work out as well. But it did show that. But I do also remember in Salt Lake City is when the contract became official yep. for Supercross. Yeah. I think a bunch of us joked in the press conference, how long did he and Villeman get along? Through Freestone, maybe? Yeah. And yeah. I think at the time it was a joke, but it actually turned out to be correct. <laughs> Free film yeah. was the end. Uh, well, I don't want to spend too much time on, on, on him, but, yeah, he came and went quickly. That was before the season. Also, uh, Chad Reed, we didn't know if he was going to do the outdoors. Uh, JT, you, you're the man for all things Chad Reed for us. You are. <laughs> now, sometimes you don't always tell us the truth or whatever, but uh, did you think – how much of a on the fence was he from what you know? I mean, you know, it's the old game of, of I don't know if I'm going to do it, but – in your opinion, 
how close was it? Yeah, I think it was about as 50 as 50 as you could get. Yeah. Um, if Honda hadn't given their support, basically with a bike, uh, after he rode the Honda the last few Supercrosses. And he was saw, like, there's no way I'm going. Well, yeah, he just saw what they had to offer, and right. he needed Honda's backing to do the outdoors, really, with parts and everything like that, um, just because he was kind of underfunded at that point. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that was what it hinged on. It was really out of his hands. He was... He was Oh, yeah? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, to- that's totally it. Now, he was ready and willing to do it. It was just kind of out of his hands, and he was kind of in that approach. He was preparing himself, but if Honda pulled the plug, then... Do you think he would – yeah, so there's no way he does nationals on his pro circuit Honda 450? I don't want to say no way, but, but I yeah. think it dramatically reduced the chances. Right. And uh, it wasn't because of the bike. It was just Honda helped, you know, fund the team through the outdoors and do, did a lot of stuff. Fund the team? I think they I think they helped them a lot. I think, Funding? Yeah. Really? I mean, I know that they helped eh? – I, I think they – you know, wiped off his parts bill and did all these things that made it possible for him to go racing. Oh, and okay. Save him a lot yeah, of money. Yeah. So that's so. in a way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so we come to Hangtown. Well, again, you saw it. X brand goggles, KTMs, Michael Lessie, killing everybody in the first practice. Uh, he was pretty fast. Second practice, he KOs himself. And uh, uh, Jason, if, if, if Mike hadn't knocked himself out, he was certainly like he was fastest in the first practice. I don't know how much you can base that on, but if he right. does, if he doesn't knock himself out, does he run top three that day? You know, it's the same thing with Purcell. Um, going into that, we thought we know who established guys are, and then Purcell should be able to run with them. And then I think everyone thought that Alessi back in a 450 would be a, a revelation. Um, but what's strange to me is the, the only real gauge we have is he came back eventually, right? And to me, he was closer to the front when he first came back than he was at the end of the year. You know, at High Point right. and Bud's Creek, his first two races, he was in the mix. And you're like, yeah. okay, he's just getting started. Give him a few more rounds, and maybe well, he would be top well, three. Let's not you know, forget, he was already messing with the guys for a few laps. Let's not forget you. I don't think we saw that again. You boldly claimed 14 yes. motos left, eight hole shots? Or was it, the other, was it 14 hole shots out of the 20 I motos? I think there were, there were 18 motos left, and I said, you've got to think. He'll have 14 good starts out of the next 18 motos. So how come he can't, wouldn't be able to turn one of them into right. a win? Yeah. Did he get any? No. Yeah, you're right. He kind of went backwards. Um, what happened to the starts on a 450? What happened? So you're saying, Wygant, that his, his injury, however unfortunate, uh, it didn't really matter because he was stronger when he got back and then sort of faded out near the end. That's what I, I don't know how it would – I know those three were pushing each other and pushing each other and pushing each other, and that had to help, and he wasn't in that group, but – to me, if you're going to get further away from round three and four through 12, I don't know if it's fair to say that an injury around one is what cost him. I mean, we never, through the final two and a half months of the year, ever even saw a chance that he was going to run with those guys. It yeah. wasn't even, there yeah. wasn't even a flash of brilliance. So it would be really hard for me to think that, yeah, he would have been there if not for that. JT? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't know. He had the fastest lap time in the first practice, correct? Yes. Yeah, I think he would have done well. I think he had a lot of confidence. He does well at Hangtown anyway. Yeah, I think he would have done pretty good. Um, that took a lot of wind out of his sails, I think, because when he came back, before he even raced, he was coming down to Chad's and practicing, and he had a lot of work to do. Oh, like, yeah? yeah? I mean, he was riding good, but nothing like setting the fastest lap time at Hangtown riding good. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that takes a lot of wind out of your sails mentally and physically. And uh, 
I think the the momentum he had going in, I think that just pretty much wiped it off, and then it was just kind of like survive through the season and do the best you can instead of the mindset he had coming in of we're going to win this thing. You right. know what I mean? I think that's how he felt like. And everybody, you know, has these huge hopes going into the season, but I, you know, you go out and set the fastest lap time the first practice, then that builds like you're like, oh man, I can do this, right? right. And then it's all blown with one crash. Um, and so at Hangtown, we saw. Uh, I was surprised. Ryan Dungey in 2010 just killed everybody. Fitness looked uh, far superior than everybody else. And, uh, and, and, and here at Hangtown, Reed comes out and tracks him down for the win. Why, again? Uh, how big of a surprise was that for you? Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a big one. Uh, we took a lot of heat on that because apparently in the week leading up to the race on the preview, we had said Chad Reed sucks and should retire or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And like when he won, it was like, yeah, Matheson Weed, you learned your lesson now. Yeah, never count um, him out. Never count him out. I, I said, you know, last year it seemed like he was as fast as Dungey, but he was sick. And if that really was an issue, and then JT said, yes, it really was, I'm like, and well, then if he's not sick, in Supercross he proved he could Roman Dungey for 20 laps, so why wouldn't he be able to hang with him to the end of a moto? I didn't expect him to complete to – I expected to hang with him, not outwork him, and right. actually see Dungey – get tired in the last two laps. Yeah, but, uh, really so that surprising. Was um, but um, it was a whole season like that where every time – I think we saw these guys were so close that we can't make sweeping generalizations over who's in the best shape based on one moto because right. it would swing from week to week, and obviously their fitness isn't improving 50% in seven days. You know, the bike setup being off or different track conditions or just how they feel that day I'm sure had an impact on who was strong yeah. at the end. You know, uh, I'm, I'm tight with the Cowie guys. And going in, they were kind of buffering my expectations for Ryan Villapoto. They were like, hey, he's sick. We haven't tested a lot. The Supercross thing was a grind. You know, he's just we're just looking to do all right at Hangtown. But JT, um, his ride there, I mean, he was he's far off the pace. Yeah. Surprising. Uh, Mike Williamson's pit board did not echo your claims of they're just hoping to do okay. And Why? What was it? Did you not see? He had like question mark on the pit board, standing out in the middle of the track. With no, I didn't know. That. I didn't see that. Oh yeah, no, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't I, know that either. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were. He was clearly unhappy, and and he expects a lot out of Ryan Villapoto, you know. Right, right. But it was his first outdoor in how long? You know, two years or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, he was yeah, sick, he, and obviously there was issues going on. You look at his end of the year compared to then. Yeah. Him, was, uh, him coming out of Glen Helen two years ago and just working everybody right. would have been bad for him and us. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, right. you know, I, I don't think anybody, including Ryan, would have said that was a good day. Yeah. But for your, you know, Williamson, whatever, I mean, he was obviously disappointed and know that knows that Ryan could do a lot better than that. But right. I just think, you know, even though they said they don't expect much, that clearly they did. They expected more than that. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty surprising how far off he was. And another late guy that came in, Wygant, uh, Wyndham. And he, didn't he pull the whole shot or he led? I don't know if he pulled the whole shot, but he grabbed the lead early. And Hank yeah, was he, he led, and, and he showed that he could run with those guys as well. And I, I think it really, this year to me, illustrated, because you didn't have many riders get hurt. Most of the guys were in the game the whole way. It really illustrated what a grind uh, this season is when, when there's no margin for error. You know, last year, Dungey was obviously riding hard and riding well and training hard. But in the back of his mind, he had to know that if he backed it off 0.01%, yeah. still at a big lead at the end, there was no rest at all for any of these guys. And you saw at the beginning of the year, Wyndham was there, and then I think it ground him up to try to keep running with those guys week after week. Um, it was really interesting to see how different it is when guys are so close and so competitive 
for a whole 24 moto season, which we rarely see it turn out that way. So you don't normally see the guys fluctuate so much, but I don't think you see the guys giving so much of themselves either. So that's what made this interesting to watch. Uh, yeah, and uh, um, also, too, uh, Hangtown getting to the 250 class. This was maybe our first bit of warning that Justin Barsha and Eli Tomac maybe weren't going to be the, the players that we thought they were. Yeah, I think coming into that one, it, it was weird. All our expectations, the only thing we could really base them around were Supercross. And it was pretty obvious right from the start that the guys who had trouble in Supercross were better than we thought they'd be. You know, the way Wilson maybe didn't do as well as he wanted to do indoors, we maybe put him a few pegs back. And the way Barsha and Tomac and Tickle did so well in Supercross, we maybe moved them to the front of the contenders list. Um, but then Wilson goes out, wins the first moto of the year, and passes Tomac to do it. And then um, Blake Baggett was ridiculous fast. And those were guys who maybe didn't have the Supercross you were expected. It was the complete opposite of what you'd think coming in. Yeah, I've, and I've mentioned this on you know numerous podcasts previous that I think that once those guys can see that they're going to lose the Supercross championship, their focus changes, and they get prepared much sooner than the guys that are battling for the title going into Vegas. Like Tickle and Tomac and these guys, I guarantee you every day they're out there at the Supercross track because they have, what, half a million dollars on the line or something if yeah. they can pull this thing off. So that puts them you know, a month behind or three weeks behind the other guys as far as outdoor preparation. I, I think it happens every year like that. I think, too, uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just cynical Mathis. Uh, I think, too, when you win the Supercross title, like Barsha, you almost go, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I've secured my status, my ride. I've got a lot of money. Uh, let's face it, outdoors is a lot of work. Uh, it, maybe there's a tendency to maybe slack off a little bit, JT? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's slacking off. I just think it may be, okay, that guy won. I'm going to be ready for outdoor. You know what I mean? I, right. Maybe it's those guys are more inspired to do well outdoors too. And I really, really think that it's the preparation side of it comes into play more than anything. Like Dino and these guys were bag it. They knew outdoors, they had to do it. So they got ready early. Mm -hmm. You know, they knew that the Supercross title's over. So let's get ready for outdoors and let's make it happen. And let's be ready going in where these other guys, you know, they finished Vegas either won or didn't win. And then they have, you know, 10 days max to be ready to go win another race that they're yeah. not really ready for. So mm -hmm. I think we're misled in some years to not think of that as a big factor because there's been years where one guy or two guys are so good. Like when you had Porcel and Dungey in the class a couple of years before that, I think they were so good and so far and away better than the rest of the field that they could absorb that. As the year went on, they pulled away even more, but they could even win the first round of the year just because I think they were, their level was higher whether they came in 100% ready or not. But this year, everything was so close. You know, that little difference all of a sudden really showed up in the results. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You're right. Um, all right, going to, going to Freestone, uh, we saw tragedy in, 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 in Wigan. You covered this pretty well. Uh, Ryan Dungey runs out of gas or boils his fuel um, <laughs> at Freestone and goes from a 1-1 to a 1 DNF, and really those point deficit haunted him all year. Um, uh, what's your take on that? W what did happen, Wygant? What do you think happened? You talked to Webb. You talked to some different guys. Um, you got yelled at by Webb and some different guys. Yeah. Uh, what do you think happened? Well, I think what it I think what they're angry is this: 
it was just kind of a thing that can happen in racing. As far as how they prepared the bike, they said they had the same gas tank, the same fuel, and basically the same everything that Dungey used last year at that track when he went 1-1. So they're saying on their side, it's not like somebody forgot to bolt something down. It's not like we cut the budget and didn't have this or that. Okay, but can I, can I just interrupt yeah. you there? Uh, yep. Roger DeCoster told me when we were sitting together in first class on a flight, by the way, uh, Roger said to me they did switch fuels this year. Uh, well, yeah, the other like argument renegade. was the first renegade, moto, though, they had plenty of gas left in both he and Metcalf's bike, so they had no reason to worry going into that moto. So that's their point. We did what we were supposed to do, but this time the fuel boiled, and we don't know why it boiled this time and not. So to me, though, the job of the team is to make sure the bike gets to the finish line, correct? Correct. So them saying that it wasn't their fault that the bike – well, I put it like this. If that happened in 24 motos in a row and they finished – Zero motos all year. You would start to think something's up, right? Yes. Side note, I did uh, five motos in a row in a Husqvarna. I had that problem. Boiled, boiled <laughs> gas and DNF. Five in a row. Five in a row. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Got to be some sort of modern record. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would think modern, yeah. old. It's yeah. I think you're impressive. in the record books And then the sixth, sixth moto, my crank went out. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> did it go out before the fuel had a chance to? Yeah, it was like halfway. Was I'm sure it was coming. Ah. Uh, what a way for the streak to end. Yeah. Um, just try, try it down. Know, them, them saying that they don't take any blame, even though the guy was pushing his bike off while in the lead, I find that I see what they're saying technically, but in the grand scheme of things, they got to take some heat it's like it. A, it's like a football team. The coach always gets the blame. No matter what the pro- real problem is, the players That's aren't it. performing, whatever, the coach takes the blame. It's the same situation. Right. Now, I do understand that if you're Suzuki, for example – we were starting to hear rumors maybe that KTM was starting to talk to Dungey, and people are saying, well, look at Suzuki, they're letting them down with the chain problem in Anaheim and the fuel problem at Freestone. But I think what they're going to say is, these are minor racing things that could happen at any time. Andrew Short had bikes just not running at all. On a factory time. Honda, yeah. yeah. Uh, or on a factory KTM. This yeah, year. yeah. Right. They had, he had true, real-deal, major mechanical problems that Suzuki didn't have, and I think that was part of their frustration as well. Yeah, I agree. People people brought that up to me too. Like everybody said that Dungey's pissed off at Suzuki, but where he was going wasn't exactly a Nirvana, you know. Um, uh, okay, so we, the series is marching on. We're starting to see Blake Baggett in the 250 class uh, really coming on, and with some strong, strong rides. Um, did you see this coming? I know if we had Ping on here, he'd tell us he saw it coming. But why again? What do you think? I, I was I was more shocked by that than anything I saw a year. That 250 class is usually so close. And I know I just said four minutes ago that there were times when Porcel and Dungey were in the class that they were a level above. But even still, I don't feel like they were that level above. Like, that class is usually so close, so yeah. tight. If you want to make a pass, you know, it's the difference between an extra, you know, leaving it on an extra millisecond coming into a turn. Like, you don't see that kind of speed differential of a guy going from ninth to first so at Hangtown, it was like, well, I don't know, maybe that was a fluke. And then he crashed a freestone. But, man, when he did it again at High Point, right. I, I, it was Villapoto, Carmichael, Stewart-esque, really. That was the level. I, I, to see a guy go that much faster, yeah, crazy to me. Yeah, and we started seeing Barsha uh, struggle with sickness, which came out to be mono a little bit. And then we start, start seeing Tomac struggle a little bit, too. And the Pro Circuit guys started really coming on, uh, Rattray, Wilson, and, and, and Baggett. So... Um, it was started to be a, a sea of green at the front of the pack. 
Um, JT, what do you think? Were you surprised to see someone in that 250 class have that big of a speed differential like I was? Uh, yeah, it was more surprising to me that when he did it, like it was like, okay, I'm the same speed, I'm the same speed, I'm the same speed. Oh, halfway flag, okay, now I'm way better than everybody. You know? Right. That was pretty surprising to me. Yeah. Because it just, yeah, just kind of came out of nowhere. It wasn't like he was making this steady move to the front. You could just see it coming. It was just like somebody, you know, dropped the hammer and, and gave him, a, well, you know, a signal when he rolled through the mechanics area, and then he just took off. It was kind of weird. Um, yeah, I don't remember the last time I've seen somebody win races like that. So I, that was the biggest surprise of the year to me. Maybe followed by the fact that it just stopped. But we'll get to that later. Our uh, our guy Swisscore here made me some notes for this, just like he did for the uh, Supercross one. And Great. he has at Bud's Creek. Uh, K Dub leaves the series at Bud's Creek. Not quite. No, no. Good job. <laughs> Good job, Swisscore. Um, uh, Bud's Creek, though, uh, we we started seeing around Bud's Creek. RV one high point, but we start at Bud's Creek. I started getting a sense of wait a minute, maybe this guy's not coming back to the level I thought. He, you know, he had some stomach problems, and uh, you know, he kind of, it, it, he kind of dug himself in a hole where his margin of error just kept shrinking and shrinking because he had small little problems with starts, with pooing his pants, with not being ready. You know what I mean? And and I started thinking around Bud's Creek. Wait a minute, Reed, and this is going to be Reed, Reed and Dungey's year. Well, I thought I thought Bud's Creek was. He was going to turn it on. He's never lost to Butts Creek before. He, I mean, every time he'd ever been to Butts Creek, he crushed everyone. It's, you know, that was his first time he'd ever lost a moto there. And when he went there and still lost, I was like. Even with pulling his pants and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was like, uh-oh. You know, that that's not a good sign. For your best track, if you just still lose, you know, convincingly, that's not, that's not good. How much did you, JT, uh, and again, Chad Reed question, how much did you see him, your knee was jacked up, you had surgery at this point, um, uh, how much did you see Chad ride for outdoors, though? How, prep for outdoors and ride outdoors and train and test? Um, I think, you know, his effort's the same most of the time. I think he just got a new trainer, and uh, they worked on a lot of things to kind of make him a better racer um, before the season started. Okay. And uh, I think, it, you know, his off-season did, work before Supercross, I think, showed up a lot in outdoors, did too. Did any of this... Is outdoor riding any of this surprise you? No, because he's always been a front guy. Okay. I, I was a little surprised that. Um, so last year on the Cali when he was getting worked. Well, he was sick. I knew he was sick. There was no doubt. A lot of people say he wasn't sick. Yeah, well, they don't know. Okay. I mean, a lot of people say a lot of things. They do. You're right. A lot of people do say a lot of things. Why yeah. again? <laughs> but I, I, the surprising thing to me um, was he had a lot of second moto bounce backs. Like Mount Morris, Bud's Creek. First moto was terrible. Bud's Creek first moto was terrible. I mean, really bad. Yeah. You know, off the pace, couldn't pass Weimer, couldn't pass no. OSC, couldn't do anything. Why well, again? That was always sorry. Why well, that was always your thing yeah. about Chad Reed. He could get beat down by a minute. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. He mentally, yeah. he's like, ah, mentally oh, well. toughest dude ever. You agree with that, JT? Pretty strong. I mean, it was like you could have the. Worst moto of your life, and the next moto, if you get if he gets the whole shot, it's like, all right, I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just how, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Believes in himself a lot. Yeah. I think also, um, I said this a million times throughout the year, I felt like Reed was at the point in his career, he's like the, the pitcher in baseball who knows how to get guys out without throwing 100 miles an hour. Like, between motos, he could figure out a way to make it happen. Even if he didn't wake up out of bed that day three seconds a lot faster than everyone, he yeah. could just figure out something to change, whether on the bike, his lines, his approach, and just 
get the results he needed to get in that second moto. It wasn't just relying on pure talent anymore because there's some other fast guys too. Yeah, I felt like Reed and Supercross, when Reed and Dungey had those run-ins and they were racing each other, I felt like Reed was toying with them. Like, hey, you can caught me. He's hey, just you, so smart. Hey, you caught me. Yeah. Guess what? You're not getting by me. He's or so smart I'm going to pass you right yeah. now, you know? Yeah, I think, and even like on the that Inside the Moto show this week, you could see the Bud's Creek episode how I haven't watched those. I need to watch them. Yeah, right? they show they show Dungey right after the moto, and he's so frustrated that he couldn't pass Chad. He's just like, man, you can tell I'm so much faster, but I cannot. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There were so many. There were right. supercrosses like that where he's clearly able to go faster than Chad was, but Chad was just with experience and track knowledge and brains, he just couldn't pass him. Yeah. He knew everywhere he was going to go before yeah. Ryan did. It seemed like. And, and and the funny thing is, is Reed on the podium always rubbed it in a little bit by saying, you know, catching me is one thing, passing me is another. And yeah, just, I think he just, <laughs> you know, that, you know, Chad's not scared to speak his mind. No. And, you know, I, I know he he knows Ryan was going fast. You know, it's yeah. somebody all over you, you know, they're, you know, yeah. they're, there's a reason for it. So, uh, just, uh, it's impressive to somebody catch you and then you be able to keep them back there. You know, that's yeah. a pretty impressive thing to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, most of the heat went on Dungey for that, as opposed to credit for Reed. It started. People were saying Dungey needed to get more aggressive, and and wasn't, you know, being aggressive enough. It's funny how the inverse of that works. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Um, yep. The series was marching on. We came to uh, Red Bud, uh, and unfortunately, we had our, a death in the series. Josh Lichtel, a longtime privateer, um, passed away from complications racing in the race, and kind of put a I mean, obviously, he put it it put a damper on everything the whole day. I mean, I, I think also to me, like just from okay, just my mom, for example, her new she follows the sport, she knows the sport, she saw her son win all those Manitoba titles, but she was like, yeah, people don't realize how hard those mo- you, you motocrosser guys work, and I think that if there's anything, maybe Little's passing away. Real these guys are gnarly. You guys, JT, I guess you're one of them. Even though you were faking a knee injury and out for the year, but yeah, and I think uh, I don't think people realize how, you know how brutal conditions can be sometimes. Right. It was hot that day. Yeah. Like really hot, and as you're riding, you get this adrenaline going and all these things, and you don't realize how much strain is putting you're putting on your own body. Right. And I mean, yeah. I've had I've had days where I've come in from the moto and I finished. But I came in and I was sitting underwater, like under like a hose, and my, the whole world is just spinning. Like, yeah, the, you know, I can't see straight, I can't stand up. But I finished the moto; it wasn't like you know yeah. anything like that. It's yeah, just yeah. you don't realize how hot your brain is getting at the time, and you know you push it just that one degree too much, and that's all she wrote. You know, it happens. It's scary, yeah, and I think it it it, it serves to how tough uh, AMA motocross is, or just motocross in general. You know, and, and how gnarly you guys are. Um, uh, at Red Redbud also, we saw Josh Grant exit the series. We never really entered the series though, but now he was officially done. And, and, and Honda was starting to just, uh, uh, you know, Wyndham was starting to feel a little bit and they were hoping for Trey Kennard to come back pretty soon. Um, what do you think why Gant, uh, in Josh Grant's situation, from people I talked to, they were like, he probably should have never even been out there. Yeah, but uh, I think the proof is in the um, press release that came out and said that Justin Brayton's on the team. I said all along on this show that it's really easy for the Honda guys to say, dude, just take the time off, get fixed up. 
Well, will I have a ride with you next year? Uh, no comment. Just uh, why don't you take the time off? Like, it, he, he proved it. If he had not come to the races this year, he would have ended up without a ride. So he had to take the chance, right? Yeah. Where's he, where's he at now? Would he have rather been in Brayton's spot? Good so point. I don't, yeah. I don't see how you could say it wasn't worth the risk, only because his whole goal was to hold on to that ride. And not racing wouldn't have kept it. So he had to at least try. What do you think, JT? Uh, we're talking about Josh Grant coming back. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I think he was ready to come back, having the same injury, and and I mean, and when you're, if you do the, your, your all your therapy and you do the, you know, you do your test and it says ACL strong enough, and I mean, what else are you waiting on? You know, like why was he? Why would he not come back if he's ready to go? And and you know, it wasn't like he was doing badly. He just, you know, you, you have to race yourself back into shape. He was. Right pretty fast in practice and stuff like that. I, I don't think there was, it was just bad luck. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he tore the other knee. It wasn't like he tore the same one. Right. So okay. I, I just think it was a freak deal. I don't yeah. think it had anything else to do with anything. Uh, after Redbutt, uh, Redbutt saw Baggett come through the pack. Did he go 1-1? I think he did. Yeah, he went 1-1, yeah, and he, it was, uh, it was no. really impressive again because it was a track that I think Redbutt turned out really hard to pass on because it had rained. As JT told me on Friday, it was underwater. Um, and, you know, it was like you get out of that main race line and you could see it was just a mud bog. And he still managed to figure out a way to make these passes. And um, the second moto, you could tell that Dean Wilson, you know, did that same thing. He hung on to him for the first half of the race. He tried as hard as he could. It looked like they were going to have a race of it. And then all of a sudden, Blake Baggett just took off. And yeah. I think at that point, plus we are going into a little bit of a break, even though Baggett wasn't the points leader, it sure looked like, oh, this is his. There's nothing they, they, these guys can't do anything with him. And Rattray had started to have some problems uh, with bad starts and such. It seemed over at that point, even though Baggett wasn't in the points lead. Yeah, I agree. Uh, talking to Dean after the race, you know, he went 2-2. Probably the yeah. saddest racer ever to go 2-2 on a day. You know what I mean? Like, he was bummed. He knew yep. that he had nothing for the guy, and, and his points lead was shrinking. And, you know, here comes the Blake Baggett train. He was, uh, he was pretty bummed out. Another thing that we uh, that we didn't touch on at uh, at Redbud was uh, again um, Villapoto and his crash. It was a big, big crash. And uh, one of when you talk to Mike Williamson, RV's mechanic, he mentioned that nobody really talked much about Ryan's first moto effort, where he I, I didn't see it. I still don't think I've ever seen it. He yard sailed, got up, no visor, broken up bike. Came up to, I believe, eighth, ninth? Um, it was ninth. Yeah, it was ninth. And that did, I mean, you can do the math. Yeah. There you go, right? <laughs> That's a huge point. Yeah. Um, you right. know, I, and I think that was a, a, another uh, key thing that maybe some of us missed. Philip. But, but again, with us, we're like, hey, he got ninth. He's, he, does, he can't afford to lose these points. He just, you know, his margin is gone. So it was a, it was a different deal. Uh, uh, Millville, yeah, but you know what I think was helping him? Hmm. When he, everything was so tight between that front pack. But when Villapoto was on, he appeared to have something no one could match. The few motos where he had things go right, these weren't battles to the end. This was him taking off on the second lap and checking out. So kind of like Baggett, it, it to me looked like, well, Dungey and Reed could have had a big points lead on him, but Dungey had some bike problems or whatever you want to call him. Uh, Villapoto is close enough. If he can just have those good motos more often, he clearly has the speed to run away from those guys. So I thought going into the break, uh, Bag and Villapoto, they've now figured it out. They're the fastest guys. Right. They will eventually rise into the points lead. But as we saw, you just couldn't make those judgments this year because week to week, 
that would change. And we found out as quickly as the next couple races when all of a sudden Dungey started to look like the man. Yeah. And uh, we, yep. got, we got to Millville, and Millville yep. was Kevin Windham's farewell race. We'll touch on that. Uh, I talked to Windham right before Millville. No, wait. After Millville, I talked to him before yeah. the official release came out, and he was bummed because he just those races wore him out with the heat. He wasn't riding to work. He was not happy with his results. And I'm like, dude, who cares? Like, you're, you know, you came in late, and you're the most popular rider in the series, and whatever you do, you do. But uh, you know what, JT? He was uh, – he wasn't having it. He was he was not happy with the way he was doing. He was down to like a six seven level now. You know, by the time Melville came. Yeah, just I mean, just struggling. You know. Thanks. Yeah, that's, that's great. My ex- that's great. expert analysis. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Cosell. That's that's awesome. Here, I'll put it this way, JT. Explain how we we in the outside think that like it's the same thing even with Reed coming in for Supercross. Hold on, why again? What's that? Perhaps. Oh, sorry. Manitoba titles. Thank you. You on the outside. Well, okay, Mathis and I, we happen to agree with this, even though one's an outsider and one's an insider, amazingly. Um, <laughs> we, on the outside, are like, hey, these guys are making money, the fans are pumped. Like, Reed coming into the year building his own team. Uh, we, on the outside, not in the Chad Reed camp like yourself, we're like, mm, I don't know if Reed's going to win races this year, but that's cool that he's giving it a shot. And I don't know if Wyndham's going to win any races outdoors, but that's cool that he's giving it a shot. But these guys do not think that way. They do not think that way. If they get fifth, they are not pumped on fifth, whether the fans think it's cool, whether the other guys that are beating them are younger. If they're not mixing it up for the lead, they don't want to be there. I think that's, that's what we get proven wrong on over and over. Wyndham will never be happy just getting sixth, no matter how many people cheer for him. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think once you've won or yeah. been a consistent podium guy, anything less than that is not really acceptable. You know, it's always a bummer when you leave the weekend and, to be bummed out about your result every single weekend gets a little bit old. So, um, you know, you have to realize these guys, everyone you're talking about has, has been a champ or, you know, maybe not champion, but they've won races on a consistent level and been a podium guy every week. So yes, just as, as a side note, yesterday's monster energy cup press conference, they introduced the riders and they said, Kevin Windham came up and they were like 97 125 East coast <laughs> champion lights champion. And I'm like, really? That's all they got? But that's all they got. Yeah, but I mean, I know race no, wins. I know, you know. No, I know. I'm just. Yeah, it's for it's, sure. I mean, it's all they got. You know, he's run into a buzzsaw of Tim, guys he's had to compete against. Tim Ferry, Carmichael. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, yeah. I like your order there. It was a, it was a murderer's row, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he was having a good time, but I think he saw the writing on the wall that he just didn't have it to run with the top guys, so. Oh, pack, pack it in. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com Racer X podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. 
Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest-grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex feel gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and is now getting set to launch its all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over, so go visit your local dealer for more information or log on to jtracingusa.com to find a dealer near you. Millville also saw uh, a turning point in the series for Chad Reed, and, and, and I've written about this and I've talked about it, and I'm going to talk about it again. Would you, is it even a turning point? It was more like running into a brick wall of, <laughs> yeah, a, there was no know, turning. of momentum. A smashing point? Yeah. Um, he comes in the first moto in Ryan Dungey's track. At his house, it's hot, it's miserable. He catches Dungy and passes him and wins the first moto. And I'm like, holy shit balls! Chad Reed is going to win this this uh, this national series. There is no doubt in my mind. He survived Wash. He's or not Wash. He, he had to survive Washougal and Millville, and here he is. Not only surviving, he's thriving. And then it all came crashing down to earth. Yeah, I mean, when he crashed, he might as well have just walked off the track and said, "All right." See you in 2012. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much yeah. how it went. You right. know, it was just done. What do you think, JT? The, uh, you know, he, he, claimed, he claimed he wasn't injured that much at Washougal. Groin, it was so sore, and his back was sore. He didn't make excuses. He had a massive crash that he got lucky on, very lucky, to not have been more seriously hurt. Mentally, that was it. Right? Yeah. I mean, for sure at Washougal, he was, he was hurting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'll give him that. Mentally, obviously, there was a problem there, but I think physically, Washougal was a wash. He was hurting. He didn't ride it all that week, and he just didn't have anything to give. Yeah. Uh, and then going forward, um, he's always kind of been that guy that rides in his comfort zone, and if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. But he's always been so talented that usually his comfort, his comfort zone is good enough. So right, right. Uh, this, this summer was one of the first times I've seen him really step out of that. And be willing to take chances to go to that next level before the crash. Exactly, yes, right. and then it seemed like after the crash, he was hesitant to go there again. You know, he kind of saw what can happen, and oh yeah, that's why. I, that's why I didn't take those you know, chances. So. That's why we got JT on the show. Why again? That makes a lot of sense. I just think uh, it was kind of well. You know, I think he realized that the championship was pretty much over after Washougal. He was 
already went from 25 points ahead to 10 points behind, beat up. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. kind of a struggle at this point. And I think, you know, mentally, and I was around, and you, you could just see it. He he knew he was defeated. All the all crazy the, how that happened. Yeah, though, just right? all the things just... he had worked for all summer were gone. He built up this huge points lead. It's all gone. You know, and now he's behind, and he's hurt, and you know, yeah. all these things are going against him. Yeah. Just uh, well, again, if he doesn't crash, does he win the title? Yeah, you know, I think he, I think he would have, because as I had said before, um, you know, Reed is obviously pretty smart. He knows he knows how to race, and I think the only worry he had was that crazy sprint speed that Villapoto was able to show on occasion, and I'm sure he wasn't ignoring the fact that well, if Villapoto figures this out every moto. And I can't hang with him. He's going to get, he's going to make up all these points. So that's the one thing I've got to do. I think Reed felt like he could handle Dungey or at least match him, but he had to prove that he could hold Villapoto's best back. And that's why in that first, uh, that second moto on the first lap, I think Reed was out there to prove that. And he did pass Villapoto. He was going to the front. He was in the lead. And remember, Villapoto didn't even wind up winning that moto. So I think very good chance. Reed would have gone one one at Millville, left with a really nice points lead. Right. Left feeling that even Villapoto's best at the opening laps, he could even beat him at that game. They could all would have rolled his direction. Plus, all these other things. I mean, the fans had gotten so into the Reed thing. I mean, I can't imagine yeah. how pumped that guy would have been just or was just going to the races. So much momentum, so much confidence. Everyone patting him on the back. Other the other two struggling, wondering what's up. Uh, I think it was the perfect scenario for him. It just Unfortunate that it ended like that. And I know no one's going to believe this, but when he took the lead going to the sand whoops, I did say to myself, I'm like, wow, this is a lot more aggressive than we usually see out of this guy. Right, right. Yeah, and then well, uh, it was over about 12 seconds afterwards. You know, maybe maybe JT actually knows what he's talking about when he says, you know, Reed was pushing it. I don't know about that. Yeah, I doubt that. I doubt he knows what he's talking about. Hey, listen more. Turn your mic on. No, by the way. It's good. There we go. I can hear him in my headphones. Okay. Yeah. Listen more. Yeah. Lean in further. Mm-hmm. Does Reed win the title if he doesn't crash at Millville? I think so. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, and that you know, seemed worth it. I know, right? Uh, another another guy that came back was Trey Kennard. Came back at Millville, got a, got a third. Came back at Washougal, crashed again. Bummer. Yeah, that does suck. I mean, it's hard not to not like Trey Kennard. Yeah, and uh, oh. he's fast. If he can, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty obvious. But he's fast. He's like one of the the guys that can. So if if he if he doesn't hurt himself next year or and he stays healthy, can he win the outdoor title? Can he? Uh, I don't know if he's going to win the title. He's going to win races. Yeah, Supercross as well. Yep. he's yep. that speed. He's that caliber. He's right. He's up there for sure. Yeah, it's just going to be can he wipe out those big crashes because. Yeah. On that speed, you can't have big crashes like that. Yeah, you just can't do it on a consistent basis and walk away. What do you think, Wagant? Yeah, I think it really showed where he fit in when the first race he comes back to at Millville. The the podium had been owned by three guys, and then the very moment one of them really falters, Kennard is the guy there to pick it up and immediately get on the podium. It just yeah. kind of yeah. to me symbolized how he's part of that group. And if you're Jake Weimer or Brett Metcalf, you're pissed. Yeah. You're pissed. You're but, like, come on. Right. It took Meddy finally got there, but it took him. The whole season of grinding. Yeah. Um, but when Reed fell out of the sky, it was Kennard that was there to suddenly grab that 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 extra spot. Yeah. So it really shows that he's he's part of that group, I think. Um, okay, moving along, uh, we get to Unadilla, and Unadilla really saw 
Well, we have Washougal. Don't remember. Yeah. We have Washougal where at Villapoto's track, Dungey ran him down. Yes, Dungey. Second moto, second time in a row. Yeah, looking bad for Ryan Villapoto, no doubt. Uh, almost ran him down the first moto. Pretty much would have had he not uh, crashed. Yeah, and that's the difference between you know, last week's show on Supercross where we were saying, hey, it's not fair to just say Dungey would have won the title if his chain came off. He had plenty of chances to win races. That's the difference outdoors to me. He proved that he was every bit the equal of Villapoto. They, they beat each other straight up back and forth several times. I, I think here it is fair to say that if Dungey had any of that fuel problem, that it might have been different because he definitely proved that he was good enough, fast enough, and gosh darn it, people like him enough <laughs> to, to win this title if that hadn't happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. Um, yeah. Unadilla comes, and we see some big. Unadilla really ended up being, a, a, you know, a key race. Justin Barsha j- jumped into the 450 class. Ryan Villapoto got the 2012 um, Cali 450, and Dean Wilson, who hadn't won a race in the lights class, went to Chad Reed's house for a couple weeks. JT, were you still around then, or were you rehabbing, or what were you? Were you I was around the whole time. You're just around. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're just around. There was nowhere else to go. Right, I was there. Um, uh, and Wilson, Wilson went one-one, um, dominated Unadilla like he, we hadn't seen all year. First win of the year. Uh, he, how much do you think of him just going to Chad's house and you guys goofing off and uh, and shooting paintballs at each other had had effect? Uh, I don't know that it was so much the goofing off. I think he had to. He was on a two fifty F almost every time. I mean, he had a four fifty there, but he didn't ride it very often. And uh, I think on Chad's track, he was the third best guy behind Chad and Burn. And I think him being slower than them every single day, yeah, and In having the sand, to push and, yeah, yeah. and ride. You know, over his head because obviously he's the points leader. He doesn't want to get beat by Michael Byrne. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's he's even said that he's like, man, I'm get, you know, Byrne's getting tenth and twelfth and eighth or whatever. I'm getting beat every day. Like, I gotta get, I gotta do better than this. So, I think that mindset when he went to the races and raced against guys on the same bikes as him, yeah, he was so used to pushing that I think it it made it. It was a big deal, right? It was a key turning point for Dean for sure. I mean, like, you could see the difference. He went from you know. Not being able to finish off motos, and and then he was just the guy after that. Right, right. What do you think, Wygant? Does does Dean Wilson win the title if he doesn't go to Chad Reed's and hang out and hang out, shoot paintballs and make fun of JT? The Wilson thing is so hard to figure out because two things happen at the same time. The the Wilson improvement happened at the same time that um that that Baggett started to have problems and. Clearly, they both happened separate of each other. It's not like Wilson all of a sudden was winning and Baggett was going 2-2. Like, Baggett wasn't even going 2-2 anymore. Uh, Unadilla, he did okay. I think he went 2-3 or 3-2. But he had other races where he just wasn't even on the radar, you know? So it's really hard to say uh, whatever happened to Baggett, if that hadn't happened, if if they would have been battling closer um, or if – Baggett would have had his problems if Wilson didn't go. Would they have just been at the same level? It's really bizarre right. how one picked it up so much and one lost it so much. Right. And right. in between, you had Rattray, who was just like the, the middle ground the whole time. Yeah. No, yeah, it's a good point. You know, as much as we're praising Wilson here, Baggett sort of fell off. I think Dean still would have won the title because he yeah. wrapped it up around early. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like that. But I think it definitely uh, made a difference in his results. I'll tell you what. I got a theory. I think Baggett got tired. Just uh, first year in the class. Like you know, first first full first, first full season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First year with Alden Baker, probably working his balls off. Uh, he yeah. didn't. He didn't have it easy. It got hot, and I just think he got. It got tired. It got burnt, and that's that's not like I'm bagging on 
uh, you know, Blake Baggett thing. It's almost like he peaked too early type deal. Yeah, and yeah. I just think, you know, and I think he'll be smarter next year, and, and they'll like, hey, Alden, I was getting, you know, tired, so let's, let's you know, change it up a little bit. There's nothing to the dude. He's a hundred, he's, he's the weight of my left leg. <laughs> and so yeah, and he says that he's 129, and he cannot, he cannot put weight on. He does everything he can. He eats uh, he, as much as he possibly can, even in the off season when he's not even training and riding as hard. And he'll gain like three pounds. And then he said, as soon as the nationals began, the weight started coming back off yeah. even worse into the 120s. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's uh it's it's nuts. So a little bit of both, maybe Wilson having yeah. fun and relaxing and and, and doing well and. Then uh, Baggett's suffering a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I guess one yardstick you can use is that Wilson and Rattray had some killer battles where they looked to be really closely matched at the beginning of the year. And then once Wilson went to Reeds, um, besides Southwick, where, where Rattray is really well, pretty much at every other track, Wilson suddenly had pulled away a bit. So maybe there's your, your proof of how much better Wilson got. Yeah, yeah. Rattray had a big get-off, too. I think that, that yeah. weighed yeah. in yeah. some of it. I mean, he had a big one at Unadilla. At Unadilla, yeah. Uh, um, uh, JT, uh, we already know Wygant's feeling on, uh, Justin Barsha. He saw it coming the whole way. Yeah. He knew all about it, but what do you think? Uh, pretty surprising. Really impressive. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Really impressive. Now, I mean, Pingree and, and Wygant. Yeah. 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 Running, leading, running the leader's pace. I mean, I could, I can understand his practice a lot of times being good and getting good starts and all that, but he was solid. Like yeah. he had Dungey covered. No, in in the two fifty class, he was fading to the back. Yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden, there's none of that anymore. That moto where him and Dungey came together, oh. Unadilla, he had Dungey covered until like the last lap. Dungey got on him. I mean, Dungey couldn't even put a wheel there. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he was just holding him back there, a la Chad Reed. It was Dungey's not close enough to make a move. It's just like he's two, three seconds back, and he just we're going the same speed. And then you know, Dungey kind of close the gap the last lap and then whatever they had that crash together. But for him to step on the 450 and go 33 minutes. Thank you. Thank you. It was pretty impressive. The crying game. Surprising. Wow. You know, the movie, the crying game. Yeah. I don't know about that. (laughs) Okay. But it was, it was a revelation. I mean, to go, they claim he's got mono. He can't even finish the moto on a Mm -hmm. lights bike. He goes from fourth to 15th or whatever to, Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a solid podium for 50 guy. That right. weekend, right. Uh, yeah, that's pretty surprising. Thank you. You're welcome. Nothing from Wygant. No, no, he just got worked. I, I've just been, I've just been ruined. My, my point was that I think until um, now, looking back and having Pala as well, which we had talked about this before Pala, um, I thought it was just kind of circumstances. You know, I had seen him circumstances. You know, yeah, he had, he had. I thought I, I said coming in. I thought he photos. could be the fourth place guy. I mean, Dungey was all go... right behind him. That's not really a circumstance. Yeah, I mean, if you're saying that Dungey just wasn't close enough to challenge him, I mean, I'm saying that. Okay, uh, Unadilla, he had a little bit of a lead. Villapoto got around him. He tried really, really hard to stay with him. Villapoto got away. They both passed him in the first motor at Southwick. He tried really, really hard. They got away. He was ahead of him at Still City. He tried really, really hard. They got away. And I was like, okay, well, Reed's not the same Reed. So now he's the third place guy, and then if things go right, and one of the guys is a problem, he wins a moto. Um, but then Paolo was the one that really turned it around. I mean, he very much clearly—I mean, he went to 30 minutes getting the job done. That that wasn't circumstances. That was—he was within an inch of straight up beating them. Um, so that really turned it around. That, I didn't expect him to be that good. But to me, he was—I thought he could be fourth or fifth. 
then you take Reed out of the equation, that makes him third, and then things are coming together for him um, and, and maybe giving him a little bit better result than that. But I didn't think it was – I don't know. I, I, I wasn't that shocked. I thought he you, could be fourth you did, and you, then third. But, okay, you say you think he's going to be fourth, but circumstances – I mean, he was – Right with those guys, it wasn't like they just yarded him and were you know he's back there cruising around where Medi is, you know, in fourth, you know, thirty, I think he to, 30 was. to forty-five I feel seconds. Like he was. Well, look at Southwick. Like at Southwick, he was back there with Medi. But at Unadilla, he was definitely was not. The first weekend he came out of the box, yeah. he was in the mix with those guys right. the entire month. First moto. weekend, crazy stuff happens. Dude comes in fired up. But uh, at Steel City, he was back there with Medi, and at Southwick, he was back there with Medi. You know, but the Tala was the one that really proved it to me. Right. So two out, two out of four, he was on the pace of the leaders. First, first race, adrenaline, first race on the bike. Second two, there with Medi, which is where I expected him to be. Then the last one, that's where I was like, okay, this is more than I expected. Wasn't he? Wasn't he doing better? The moto his bike blew up. At yeah, Southwick? he was in second. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. He was up front. I thought. Yeah, he was in second. No, he was in third. He was he was behind Dungey and, and Villapoto. They had pulled away from him at Southwick. He was in third. They had built up a gap on him. What do you know that you didn't even know when the gate dropped? <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Southwick, you should even comment on Southwick. You ruined motocross. I didn't even see it. It is true. I don't even know the difference between a right. parade lap. Let's talk about I didn't that. I he was in the lead of Southwick because I thought it was the parade lap. Let's talk about that and how you just, just got ruined on the message boards. Ruined it. Well, ruined it. Well, it's their sport, and guys like Emig and I who don't know anything about motocross come in to ruin it. Or ruin it. <laughs> I can't. That, that was my favorite part. I can't believe they bring in guys like this to ruin our sport. <laughs> if it's your sport more than it's Jeff Emig's. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Yeah, please, please tell me how your Class C titles in Maryland are. Maryland. 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 <laughs> Whatever, guys. I'm Canadian. Um, yeah. Uh, what about uh, what about Southwick? Um, the race itself. Uh, uh, well, before Southwick, we got the news: Andrew Short, uh, big crash at the KTM Supercross track. His season was pretty much in the toilet, anyways. At this point, he was done. Do we ever get a definitive answer on what broke, what bike, what broke? Cause of crash. Uh, yeah. Are you not allowed to comment? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, he asked me not to, so okay. I mean, I'm okay. gonna honor. That's fair. That. That's why yeah. I asked you. Right. I'm yeah. gonna ask. I'm gonna right. honor that. that Trust request. me. I, I'm. I'm aware of things you're allowed to say and not allowed to say. I'm, I'm <laughs> surrounded by it every day. <laughs> Very much aware yeah. of what makes Mathis's podcast and what does what doesn't. Um, can I just say once again? Once again, Wygant, you better than anybody, who has always stood up on the mountaintop screaming the 350 sucks. Me. No, me. Oh, well, I was standing next to you. Yeah, but you're not on just all these lower. shows. Yeah. I was just standing you're, you're lower, lower screaming. Maybe you didn't hear me. Uh, and now, Wygant, what's Ryan Dungey riding you, next you, year? You, what's you ride, one. What's ride, one. What's Ryan Dungey riding next year at KTM? You, you should have gone to the factory in austria three years ago if they had only heard your pleas then was it the alps <laughs> well, that's the mountaintop that you were yelling from i'm not, let's not get you know crazy here but i'm just telling you i was pingry i was pulling starts next to tyler keith and and, and i was pulling <laughs> whole shots 
No, it wasn't Tyler Keefe. It was uh, I don't know anybody with the name Tyler. It's not. It's irrelevant. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Why again? Give me some credit. No, no, I give you complete credit. Absolutely. At the beginning of the year, we were all trying to figure maybe, maybe not. Even last year, when Alessi had no, a bad last season, year, you were talking about it. I it was, was super cross. I was talking. Maybe the tracks are just disc wrong, and, uh, and Mike doesn't disengage the clutch properly. The bike sucks for these, the bike sucks and, and for American racing. The, bike's slow. the way I feel about it is this: you can't take a 350 against a 450 that's on the weight limit and expect to compete. Thank you, thank you. Because why? Where's your advantage? Because why? It's not any lighter. It's slower. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you are a hundred cc's less. But where's your where's your advantage? It's not lighter. It's it's. I mean, you're already on, the Hondas are on the weight limit almost. Thank you. you know what I mean, now, like, this is what I've been saying. Yeah. And now KTM, uh, thankfully, has abandoned this experiment. We may see Musquin and Roxon on a 350 on the other coasts. That's the plan. But apparently, they're not going to have a 350 rider full time. Because for, for, the, for the upper echelon of riders in the world that race here in America, the bike sucks. I think, I think the 350 has a place. It's just yes. not, it's not, just not professional winning, racing. It's just not winning championships. Yes. You know? James Lissamore in the corner over there riding right. in the hills right. of British exactly. Columbia. Great bike. Yeah, because I think a 450 is a handful for most people. If you don't I go agree. riding every day, it's too much. Great. Awesome. But I you agree. have a heavier guy, a bigger guy. 350 is going to, you know, 250 is going to feel slow for a bigger guy. Right. 350 is going to help out, but it's not a 450. I've never said this bike was workable. I, I'm with you. All Me right. neither. Thank you. Thank you. I um I it, it's really strange how um for years everyone in the again the outsider that would not include apparently you, Mathis. But remember the 450 <laughs> couldn't race 450s. They they couldn't race them hard. They're afraid of stalling. They're afraid of stalling. Oh my These, god. These again are high. Are people high up in the sp- who follow racing, who have an impact on the rules. The 450s could not be raced hard, and the riders were scared to ride them. They were so fast. And the only reason you don't hear riders say it is because they're paid not to. If they could ride a 250S, they would all ride 250S. It's so much more fun. They'd much rather ride it. I'm so glad this 350 thing happened only to put those ridiculous theories to rest. Yeah. The detuning, they detune their bike. Well, no, that is the biggest the limit, myth. All that crap. That is Don. the biggest myth in racing oh, is on. the detuning. No, 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 hold on. I, I mean, I, out of everybody in this, I was a factory mechanic. And detuning, not from stock. Right, but that's yeah, what yeah, people yeah, think. Yeah, right. They, they're making the bike smoother, yes, they are. Right. But they're bringing the horsepower up and trying to take away hit, though, yeah, at the torque, same time. Yeah, horsepower and all that stuff go up. Go up. And you look at, you go on Vital MX or any of these forums and, and yes. read what people think. They think they're slower than stock. Like, oh, they can't yeah. even ride at it stock. It's, they're detuning. They're detuning yeah. from the fastest motorcycle they can build, yes. Yeah, you build the fastest thing you want, and then you sort of deliver the power the way you want from that setting. Yeah, trust yeah. me. No. When we when I go testing a factory Honda, a Pro Circuit, any of these great bikes How would you that know I may or may bikes? not have ridden. <laughs> <laughs> a Pro Circuit or factory Honda. They're so much faster than stock. It's incredible. Just pulling two bikes out of your butt, right? Like, not just random two bikes. Yeah, yeah. it was the first thing I thought of. First thing you thought of, a Pro yeah. Circuit Honda or a Works Honda. <laughs> to say they're detuned is so much leading. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's very well versed on that. Um, no, and yeah. Thank you, KTM, for screwing up Michael Essie and Andrew Short's uh, seasons. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. 
Take your bike, shove it up your ass, go race enduros on it. Thank you for bringing up the new 450. And could it put? Could this put the detuning and the 450s can't be raced hard and people don't like them to rest? No, 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 no you can't fix stupid. <laughs> you can't fix stupid. Um, I just. Uh, you know, whatever. Two yeah. strokes. Oh, remember when we used to have ten guys battling in the last lap for the moto win every time? We had two, two strokes. Oh yeah, the racing was so uh, much different. I know. Yeah, go uphill. Greatest season ever. Greatest season ever. All on four fifties. Yeah. Oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> now you're gonna get your going on. Now we're gonna get your going. Oh, how you going? Okay. How is this new four fifty gonna be? How is Dungey gonna do tomorrow on it? Not to change the subject, but we're on the subject, so. Well, we can wait for the Supercross preview show. No, for tomorrow. This. I'm talking about uh, tomorrow. I don't think he wins. I think he's up there, and they learn a hell. They learn a hell of a lot. Okay. Why well, can't? Yeah, I think he'll be up there enough where it won't look like a complete disaster. It'll be close enough where you're like, well, okay. But we'll see su- what happens sweet, in January. As sweet, opposed to this is going to be horrible. Sweet Jesus, if it breaks though, if yeah, it breaks, it's not good. If he doesn't <laughs> win, he gets second. That's yeah. that's my opinion. Oh no no, I got I got RV winning. I got Wyndham second. I said if he doesn't win, I think he gets second. I, I don't think Wyndham's been riding enough to yeah. really go out there and beat Dungey at this point. Dungey's Dungey's okay. on fire right now, and I think the bike, the track's gonna be easy enough with no whoops, no difficult things. That he's the bike's not gonna be as much of an issue as it might be come Supercross right. time. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with JT and all that. I, I think that he and Villapoto are still a little bit ahead. The track not going to maybe show if the bike has any huge flaws that they haven't ironed out yet. I think just his natural confidence and ability can put him top Does, two, and which I'm, will let him get out of there without people saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Uh, I mean, those guys are on form right now. There's not many guys coming into this race that are. Besides yourself. Well, I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm irrelevant. I'm talking about race winners type level. I'm irrelevant. <laughs> to, to this conversation, I'm irrelevant. <laughs> What I are you going to do with the million dollars? Yeah, JT. Yeah, I've been working on that. I didn't see that. I might go start race. spending some of it today. It's I, it's in the bag. The cash is mine. Cole Seely, what are you going to do? For, I'm going to lay it all on the line for a million dollars. Kyle Partridge, what are you going to do with the million? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Um, uh, well, just I'll, I'll give you guys a little hint to my thoughts on the Supercross preview podcast, which is coming up in about three months. Does anybody in this room – Think Ryan Dungey or on the phone? Does anybody think Ryan Dungey is going to be better than he was this year? No. Thank you. Nope. Thank you. Nope. Listen more. You say yes. Really? You ever ridden a factory Suzuki? JT may okay. or may not have. Stay out of it. <laughs> <laughs> JT may or may, I may not or have. May not have experience on that bike. They had to cost her then. What's that? Listen more. Who do you think developed that Suzuki? Yeah. Not in, now, not in two months. You gotta lean in when you're talking. Lean. Not yeah. in two months. You can't. You, they can't work miracles in two months. No. Nope. Not on a brand new bike. He won't be better. He may be good. He won't be better. I don't think he'd be better. Okay. Can Everybody I, has their opinion. He may be. He, then when he like wins a one and say I knew it all along. Yeah. No, I'll give you. I'll give you credit for sure. I just don't think he, you can take a brand new motorcycle on a program that's not proven yet. And think he's going to be better than he was on a bike that had won multiple championships year after year after year, and the bike he was used to, and say he's going to improve. Well, it worked out for McGrath, so it should be okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, James. I'm cutting you off. Go take some photos. Um, Okay. So that's that's going to be my question for the uh, Supercross preview podcast. Thank you. 
Let's give you a little preview. Okay. Okay. Preview of the preview. Preview of the preview. Um, you already got our answers. We uh, all agree. Hey, um, uh, Wygant, how, I asked Ryan Villapoto this same question um, for the uh, uh, Racer X interview coming up. 2012, the move to the 2012, uh, what would you think? Smart, you know, right? Again, it shows that we, we, had, we had read too much into all the results that were happening. Every week it would be like, oh, well, this guy's obviously in better shape than the other, or this guy's not in good enough shape, you know, because these battles would come down to late in the moto and often late in the second moto. And then all of a sudden, Villapoto, who was – wasn't he supposed to announce by now that he had had Epstein-Barr or something? Wasn't that supposed to be? Yeah. Uh, that was as soon it, as the yeah. year was over, he was going to be proven because, you know, Alden Baker sucks at training. He was working him too hard. Working him too hard. Working him too hard. Although he did actually get stronger as the year went on. I love, uh, I love Stanton. I love Stanton, but he was not – Well, he wasn't – he was the most adamant, but he was not the only one. No, no, for sure. No. He was uh, saying he worked him too hard? That's what Stanton was saying? Uh, the diet, I think, especially. Oh, the diet, okay. The diet, I can understand, but Stan's one of the, yeah. Stan's gnarly with what he expects training-wise, so I was surprised to hear that. The diet, I can, let's the just, diet I can understand. Let's just keep in mind that a lot of that talk comes from the Fox-Ricky Carmichael side. For some reason, I don't know what happened between R.C. and Alden Baker, but a lot of people in that area don't think Alden Baker is that good anymore. It seemed to work well with Ricky Carmichael. My understanding is that Ricky got sick in 07. Yeah. Alden, Around his nations, you mean? Or, or yeah, was yeah. It? Oh. yeah. That summer, Alden didn't tell him and then basically kept him going, like kept him training through 07 while he was sick and didn't tell him. And why? Uh, what, what is the motivation for Alden Baker to do that? I don't, I don't know why he didn't tell him. Right. But... Clearly, he's pure evil, like just born an evil human being. Like, I want to see him suffer. He's rubbing his hands together like gargamoil. In maybe, the, in the maybe, Alden, maybe Alden knew he was only racing through designations, and he didn't want to tell him, and he wanted to try to have him finish strong. I, I don't know. Yeah. But whatever, there was clearly some animosity between yeah, Ricky yes. and Alden, and pointed at Alden from Ricky. And after winning 1,200 titles... <laughs> Something had and to happen. Twelve hundred million dollars. Yeah, something had to happen for that whole thing to disintegrate. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. so there's been this thing when Alden worked with James. There was this thing about you know James is too lean. He's getting tired. All coming from sort of that end of the camp or that entourages or whatever. Now we hear it with Villapoto. If anything, Villapoto got better as the year went on. Yeah, I don't know I, where where is that argument now. You know, he was clearly sick at the beginning of the year at Hangtown, and that was just going to get worse and worse because he had been overtrained. Yeah. And I said, how are you criticizing the program that won him the Supercross title 14 days ago <laughs> against the toughest competition right. ever? Right. I mean, they're really saying you these ever, guys don't know what they're doing. Hey, Wagon, did you ever ask Alden about that? Uh, we actually did. We had, a, uh, we had an interview as part of our um, – what the heck did we call that? We had an interview online with him about what they were really dealing with going into Hangtown and how bad his schedule was and the media that he had to do and how they really didn't get anything done that week and it was really bad and he got sick coming into Vegas, all that stuff. Um, and I remember I asked Villapoto about it at Still City, I think? One of those races toward the end of the year. And I said, how do you respond to this since you've gotten stronger as the year has gone on? And he said, anyone on the inside knows what's really going on. Anyone on the outside, they can just say whatever they want. Right. 
Um, <laughs> okay. But I think he was talking about the fans. I don't know. Was he not aware? This wasn't fans saying this. These were people that These are, yeah. had good credibility. Yeah, I, know. I don't know. Yeah. There's, um, a, there's a lot of whispering, and there has been for 10 years, about who knows what goes on with that program. Yeah, I've heard a lot, and stuff, nothing to do with even the stuff we're talking about. Exactly, or that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to bring yeah. it up or not going to talk about it, but there's a lot. Right. There's a lot that's said behind the scenes about what goes on and the reasons behind what happens. You've got to think about what these guys are doing. I mean, this is, you know, you don't, you know, this is essentially you're you're a doctor in one way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? You're talking about the human body. So there's a lot of different things that can happen. A lot of different stories can be said. You don't even know how much is true or whatever. But obviously, when you're at that level, for sure there's going to be some crazy stories. But when there's millions of dollars on the line in anything, people are going to push the limits of what you can do. That's all I'm going to say. I'm telling you, right? It doesn't matter what you're talking about, whether you're talking about being on Wall Street, whether you're talking about the Tour de France, whether you're talking about baseball or football, anything where there's millions of dollars to be won if you're better, people are going to push the envelope of what you can get away with. Yep. All right. I mean, I don't know. I'm just spec. Yeah. I'm pure. That's pure speculation on my part. Right, and even if it doesn't, like, okay, same thing. Like Lance Armstrong wins. Did he do something wrong, or is the fact that he won make people think, well, he must be? You know what I mean? You never know. Where does that come from? Does it come from? It's fact? a it's a, it sli- from- it's a slippery slope, and once you start throwing right. it around, you, you you know, none of us know, and it sucks for these guys. But no, of course, that's what I mean. Yeah. I'm purely yeah. speculating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing with the land. I'm, I'm with I'm with you, really JT. Uh, if if you're not going to check on anything, and there's millions of dollars at stake, and yeah, you know. who's to say? Well, I mean, they don't. AMA doesn't do anything about it. FIM doesn't do anything. It's you know, it's yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you ask anybody, if you ask anybody at a high level of this sport that's been around a while, you hear stories. You hear stories about people doing things and taking things and. You don't know. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's all hearsay, but where there's smoke, there's fire most times. I mean, people just don't usually make stuff up like that. So who knows? I mean, yeah. it. you know. Uh, all right. Uh, Southwick Dungey's bike ignition problems uh, doesn't doesn't make the gate for the uh, for the moto and has to come from dead last to uh, to seventh uh, somehow salvaging points. I guess another at this point, probably the KTM deal was well in the making, if not totally done. So there was just another nail in Suzuki's coffin, wagon. Yeah, the, we really started hearing a lot of traction on that at Redbud because Pitt Buyer, who's the, I, yeah. I guess you could essentially say he's even DeCoster's boss, yeah. kind of the racing boss over there in Europe. He was there, and, you know, the story was he was there with the blank check to get Dungey. And right. then um, I'd actually talked to DeCoster at Unadilla, and he said, it seems to be done, but please don't tell anybody, but we can obviously say it now. Um, yeah, so I think by then it was pretty much known. But I give Dungey credit for the fact that he never allowed that to be an issue uh, at all. I don't think anyone can feel like that he didn't try as hard as he could to win. He hadn't packed it up and just moved on to next year until this year was over. Um, and he did a good job of not allowing, showing any cracks. Like he never once showed that he wasn't behind his team, publicly at least, even when things were happening Right in front of everyone's face. Right, right. I, I, I from what I know, behind yeah. the scenes, he's throwing major, uh, major fits. Let's call it right about and that's this fine. stuff. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. I'm saying is, I'm not saying he's not complaining because that shows what a class act he is. What I think that shows is he knows he and Villapoto were so close to that point, so locked in, he could not afford to show weakness. He didn't want the Cowie guys to go home being like, "Yep, that whole program's falling apart. Yeah, Nothing I, to worry about." I think I think you're onto something there. I think that the yeah. 
how close they were in the championship kept his focus on being at Suzuki. If he was getting sixth place every weekend, I think you would have seen a totally different scenario play out as far as, you know, the United front they showed. Right. Right, he had to stay in the game. I should give him credit for, for doing that because it's, it's easier said than done, I'm sure. Steel City, first moto, might have been the moto of the year. Well, first of all, I guess Brett Metcalf wins Southwick, and that's a, 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 a wrong is, is righted with that. So good job to Metcalf. Good, good guy. Yeah. Good to see. I don't think anybody – does anybody not like Brett Metcalf? Why can't? No, I don't think so. Everybody was pumped. Everybody was pumped. It was like – I don't even know if the other riders were, were yeah. bummed, the guys that didn't win that day. You know JT, what I mean? were you mad? No, I wasn't mad. Okay. I was pumped for him. Right. Guys worked hard. He's been doing a long time. Yeah. yeah. And Good. after last year, I mean, he right. had that Moto 1. Yeah. Had Good. it. Good job yeah. for, for Meddy. Uh, Steel City might have been the Moto of the year. Uh, Dungeons and RV going at it, pushing away from, from uh, third place. I think it was Barsha. Um, just just destroying each other. They were focused, man. It was it was a crazy, intense Moto. And Dun- and Villapoto making that insane pass with uh, last corner. Wait a minute. They pulled away from Barsha? Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. No, it was awesome, man. It was – although I think there was a little bit of disappointment only because as soon as that happened, the calculators came out. Oh, yeah. Wygant's another, another one of Wygant's favorite moves. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, once he wins that first moto, you're like, oh, no, now Pala, it might not be a showdown. Yeah. I think that was the only thing that tempered that. Well, and, and let me ask you this, and I think we talked about this on the podcast, JT, so I'll ask you. If if Dungey wins that first moto at Steel City and Villapoto finishes right behind him, the next moto does Villapoto walk away that easy? No way, right? That, that was that pretty was crushing. crushing. It was crushing, yeah. right? And it was such a oh man, I I replayed that that scenario on tape a million times. On my I thought TV. you usually I thought you usually watch Rocky Four in your van. Yeah, but I wanted I really wanted to see how that whole thing played out, and I played that last straightaway right left finish line probably fifty times. And man, it was a really, really, really big miscalculation by Dungey, is what to slow down in that corner yeah. before. All he had to do was take his same line and race through it, and yeah. there's no possible way Villapoto can beat him. Yeah. When he checked up and tried to block Villapoto, he missed, and Villapoto passed him. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's impossible to pass there. Right. You cannot pass in that situation unless Dungey checks up to block. Right. That, and it, or you're on a KTM 350. <laughs> I think if he has that to do over with, he he just just keep your same line, just do the th- same thing you've done the last fifteen laps, right. and there's it's impossible. The yeah. track is not set up to pass there, and just you know, it's, un- it's a learning experience for him. Just uh, you know, it's a great move to capitalize by Bill Poto. He had to be ready for anything, an opening there, and he got one and took it. Yeah. But I I think it was more of a miscalculation on Dungey's part than a, a heroic move by Bill Poto. Do you think Villapoto, even coming into those two corners, even really thought that that would present itself? Like he was going to take advantage I of think, it, did. But no, do you I, think he even thought it was going to happen? I did, because usually you see these guys let up a little bit, and he didn't. He was, well, you know. I don't think he thought he was going to make the pass happen, but I think right. he was trying as hard as he could. But if you stop, if you hit stop right there on the, you know, coming out of the pro section, mm-hmm. and you're like, right. are you going to win this moto? He's going to have to bet no. If you have to pick life or death, yeah. yes or no, he's going to pick no. Because he, right. you, where are you going to pass in that section? Right, it's right. one lined all the way to the finish. Right. He has to be, you know, he had to be ready for a mistake, and he was, which is, you know, kudos to him. But I think it was more a, a mistake on Dungey's part than anything. Um, we didn't talk much about 250Fs. Uh, let's move this thing along a little bit. But 250Fs, at this point, Wilson was, was the man now. He was now stretching it out. 
And as a matter of fact, he clinched at Steel City. He went from not winning an overall, not sure what's going to happen, Baggett looks a little better, and in literally four races, he had over a 50-point lead. Yeah, I mean, everybody fell apart around him. He stepped up, and everybody yeah. you know, the, just caved. So made uh, it made his life really easy. Oh, well, again, I want to talk about a couple guys. Uh, uh, well, Cunningham, first, Kyle Cunningham rode well this year. Seemed to find yeah. that that thing he was missing where you, you, the thing where you stay on two wheels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good job for him. T- Tomac actually ended up fourth in the series. So good, good for him. Um, but I want to talk about Alex Martin and Darren Durham. And it yeah. was pretty funny because the 11, 10 Moz team at one point was 11th and 10th in the series. <laughs> but that wasn't good enough. And, and Chad Sander, the owner said, I should have called it one, two, <laughs> you know, and I should have, but, uh, both of those guys did well. And, you know, Durham gets the hype and gets the pro circuit ride, but guess who beat him in the points? Martin. But, Thank but you. that's going to be, I think, potential in Supercross is a big thing there. Oh, here we go. No, it is. I mean. Were you doing this with us or wasn't it Ping that said that? I didn't say that. Yeah, I think it was Ping. Jeez, you and Ping are the Alex same. Martin, who, yeah. by the way, the, the Morgantown guys were over at the eleven ten shop yesterday, and Alex Martin was there saying, yeah, I'm riding for them next year, West Coast. So it's not like he's gotten picked up by a. By a bigger team. What did, what did Ping say? He needs to Ping get. Up, he, he needs to put out a video of him <laughs> riding Supercross whoops in his yeah. backyard to show. Build some whoops. If he set up a camera. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. After coming off outdoors, if he goes out in West Coast this year and get, and runs top five, shows some speed, and yeah. he, he will get he will get any ride he wants. Well, you know, within reason. Right. He's going to get any ride he wants. Factory Honda. I said within reason. I know. I'm kidding. But that's what it's going to take until he shows that he can compete at the top. Like he did outdoors, running fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. He's not going to get that spot. It's just how the sport is right now. It's, it's unfortunate. You know, it's so super right. cross biased. But right, right. Just, yeah. You know, that's reality. But, but, but uh, good job for those guys, right, Rogan? I mean, good ride. Good. Oh, yeah. They're in a black box van, primer black box van. It, oh, yeah. It looks like a Sanford and Son I mean, sail around their box van. I used to live with Chad Sander pretty much year round. He lived with me in the winter, and I lived with him in the summer. I mean, I, I was right. ecstatic for him. I mean, to. For the the amount of resources they had to come out and run that consistently at the front between two different guys is pretty. That's impressive. I mean, right. you have some some big budget teams that would be jealous of that performance. Yes, Rockstar Suzuki nowhere yes. near <laughs> the results that eleven ten had. What do you think the expenditure for Rockstar Suzuki oh, versus eleven ten was? Fifteen or twenty to one, <laughs> guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, right. there's some. Pro- we know nowadays that the the privateer and factory line is very thin. But this one, it's like the Great Wall of China. Like, There's this no, is a yeah. privateer team. I, Sander told me that they, they had no plans on going to Washougal all year long. Yeah. And they're like, great, now our guys are doing good. So now we have to go. Can you imagine how much gas that box van used? Well, I was talking to um, um, their boisterous, uh, the, the guy who's the manager of the shop they're sponsored by, the very boisterous Megawatt. Oh, Megawatt. Work, oh, Megawatt yeah. was at the, the Cowie dealer show. I saw him over the weekend. And I was like, yeah, they were telling me you guys didn't even have the money to get to Washougal, but you had to just figure it out. And he's like, well, they used all the gas money when they had flat, a flat tire on the way, so they weren't going to get there. So, yeah, we had to, like, you know, well, you find a way to get, like, 500 bucks to them. They were out of money. Why don't you talk like Megawatt, though? You're not doing it like Megawatt. Oh, oh, I didn't know you knew Megawatt. Do I know, not, do I know <sighs> Megawatt? Very excited. Okay, here we go. Oh, they didn't have the money. The money was spent before they even left, Okay. And when you get a flat tire and you spend your gas money on a tire, where's the gas come from, okay? <laughs> Very simple equation. 
You know so Mega that's One? The kind of I don't know You don't know Mega One? Mega Megatron on tires. Uh, yeah, no, it's good job for those guys. It's the little yeah. team that could. Do they have anybody else signed up? I mean, like if I'm some dude that sort of sucks. You want on that deal? I want on that deal. Yeah. I want I want to be the. Here's yeah. what I heard they're, they're proposing. <laughs> they are building a Honda 450 that they're going to send to a prominent rider who doesn't have a factory ride right now. See what he thinks. Chad Reed? He's already got a factory Honda. Ben Townley? Does not. He'll be racing this weekend. It's not Ben Townley. He'll be racing this weekend. It, I'll give you one more hint. Okay. If he were to switch to their Honda, that would mean that he raced what he's racing this weekend one time. Michael Essie. That's what I've heard. Oh. You know who texted me? It's not a bad move. It's not a bad idea, you know who, though, right? You know who texted me for Michael Essie's phone number yesterday? Who? Jeremy Albrecht. Really? I don't know if that's any indication on how the James Stewart thing's coming along. but I uh, think they're just worried that they don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, all right. Um, so, yeah, good, good job to 1110 team. They actually should be called now the 819. 8-9, I think? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the place is. And Durham's going to post circuit next year. Yeah. And, and the odds that Durham is going to kill it are very high. Yeah, he's going to be good. He stays healthy. He, he does good. Right. Yeah. He, in the right, right situation, around the right guys, they're going to make what? sure his ass is out there every day. Right? Why have you not been hired by Mitch? Like, I would, be, I would love to see that. I'm slow. Have you not watched me ever? <laughs> no, but like, here's the ultimate experiment. Hey, Mitch, you think you're good? You think your team's good? Okay, take Jason Thomas. Osterman tried to hire me on Honda or Yamaha Troy right. in 05, and Yamaha shut it down. Said I was too old. I was like 26. Okay. Mitch, you think you're good? Yeah? You think you're awesome? Okay, take Jason Thomas. How old are you? 30? 32. Take, take a 32-year-old 450 privateer guy Let's see who's worked hard and who has some talent, even though, JT, you say you have zero talent. You have some. Let's see what you can do. But Mitch takes guys with – all the potential in the world and either have burned bridges out of the sport or done dumb things in their personal I life. I totally equate you to a Chris Gossler. I don't because Gossler could go really fast. He just was Really cool. when? He was fast. When? I mean, he whole shot his first national ever and ran up front. Oh, okay. Him. So that's He's it? fast. Yeah. Okay. He had a lot of you speed. You whole shot Hangtown three years ago when Ricky Carmichael came back. Four that years was, ago. That was not three years ago. Four, Jesus, I'm old. Seven years ago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean. Why can't? Why can't? Uh, Jason Thomas on a pro circuit, Cowie, how does he do? You know what? I think you're making a great point here, Mathis. We have not Thank seen you. this ex- experiment fail. Thank has you. Has it ever failed? Has it, maybe Troy Adams. Yeah, he broke but his femur. I don't even though. know if Troy Adams was that. He broke Troy his Adams femur. wasn't even that. Like, Troy Adams was on the. I don't know if he was in that level. Like, you know what I mean? Like, guys that are... Troy Adams is totally on JT's level, like, right now, equatable. Yeah. He broke his femur, though. When he yeah. came in hot, like, and Mitch had him there, he broke his femur in November when he was getting ready. And I had heard from lots of people that he was killing it out there. Right, right. And then, I mean, that's a huge deal to come back from that. And Adams was... I guess what I'm saying the different was, compared to a lot of these Mitch deals where it's like, Darcy Lange, like, where has he been? I'll sign him. Where's... uh? Where's Durham been? Oh, I'll sign him. Gossler. Where's Hanny been? I'll Gossler. sign him. Gossler. Yeah. Yeah, I got like the guys that already had good rides, and then, you know, they'd had a couple of off years. And, like, Adams was on the way up, I thought, at that point, no? Whatever the case is. Let's see yeah. what you can do yep. with Jason Thomas. That's all. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I don't like it. You, you don't like it. You get all the press on nah. this podcast, too. Imagine all the press they would get. 
Huge. You don't like it? No, I mean, I, it's not like I would say no, but <laughs> I, I, I don't think that that's the... Are you top five? That's the equipment. Are you top five? I think you are. I don't know. I Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you're, you're top five. Yeah, I mean, I can't beat Dean and those guys. Okay, yeah. I've ridden with them enough. Yeah. I know. But you're top five. But I, I could run five, six, seven, I think. It, the, the biggest thing is, is getting good starts. If I get good starts, then that makes my life a lot easier. And you can get good starts on that yeah, bike. Yeah, of course. Yes, That's what I'm saying. Go. Bingo, yeah. bango. Yeah, Done it makes deal. life a lot easier. Um, hey, uh, okay, so Villapoto won. Uh, yay. Reed was never the same. Wilson won. Um, I want to move this thing along. Post-season thoughts on this. Uh, Mike Fisher got fired. JT? <laughs> Yep. Thoughts? Mm. Why again? Thoughts? Well, if um, if Fisher's now down on his luck, I mean, we've already established who the guy in the sport is that tries to pick guys up. Like, it would only stand a reason that Mitchell hire him, right? And mm, I mean, isn't that? Yeah. You think? I mean, is that it's usually Mitch likes to help people out when they're down? No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. He uh, just didn't win enough, I guess, huh? Surprising, right? Results were not there. Right, surprising. JT? Crazy. He won everything there is to win. Obviously, there was something else going on. Yes. Yeah. When you may or may not have ridden a 2010 Cali 450 works bike. What? Yeah, but that didn't have anything to do with it. I know, I'm kidding. I think it was more of a personality clash with whoever. Yeah. You know, they didn't like his attitude or they didn't like things, you know. Something was going on. Um, Well, again, does the Geico team rebound? I mean... We saw Pro Circuit was as dominant in the lights class as any team in history, right? Did we actually figure that out? I think we did. They were better than anybody in history. Yeah, because they won every race. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they went one, two, three. That only happened one other time, and that was the first year they ever had that class, and there weren't really even factory teams. Like, Honda was the only yeah. team that existed. So, yeah. But I, I think it's just because memories are short in this sport. You know, yeah. they completely dominated over the last five months, but in Supercross, Tomac and Barsha right there. Yeah. I think that there's enough smart people on that Geico team to figure out what went wrong. You know, they're moving Larocco back to California to work with these guys. They are? They've obviously oh, got good right. rides. The one thing that got me mad was while we were having a meeting at the uh, for the banquet on Sunday night after the series, um, someone so, in one of the meetings said, well, of course Mitch went one, two, three. He hires the best guys. And I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. Right. There's, if you laid – if you could put talent on paper, I don't think anyone says, well, clearly Wilson, Baggett, and Rattray are miles ahead of everyone else talent-wise, and right. Mitch just paid them more. This yeah. is yeah. a lot more complicated than that. Right. And that's why we need Jason Thomas on that team. There you because go. no one will say that Jason Thomas is the most talented rider. That is correct, yeah. yeah. Nobody's saying that. Would your mom or dad say it? No. Your dad, definitely not. Definitely not. Your mom, maybe. <laughs> yeah, she would just say I'm – the, Should you say Go Gators? The most swell one out there or yeah, something. The mo- Go Gators. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Uh, it's So, um, just an aberration then, Wygant, uh, in your eyes? I, I think so. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah, when things go think, good, um, they go good. Cool and, this year. I'm just going to talk right over you. Yeah. Um, well, you, are you sharing your opinion of the Geico team, or are you just spurring me along? What are we doing here? No, yeah. I, I, well, here's a, when things go and I've been on these teams. Uh, JT has been too. You, again, we're insiders. Why again? You're an outsider. Yeah. Um, when things go good, they go good, and when they start turning bad, they turn bad. You know what I mean? And it just so happened that that's what happened to Geico. I think just the stuff started going bad, and you know this it went worse, and Pro Circuit just kept getting better. You know, and I think if one of them two can avoid that next year, we'll see much better racing among the teams. 
I think it showed the one difference that Pro Circuit still has. It, it's been proven that maybe these other teams can at times get their bikes or get the riders at the same level. But the difference is we saw it at the very end of the year. We knew that Wilson and Baggett weren't really best friends coming in. And they managed to let them get along even when they raced each other all year. Then they had a little problem with Pala, and they quickly doused that fire. I think the discipline over there, or just the iron fist of Mitch, prevents things from snowballing downhill. So when everyone's at their best, other teams can compete. But Pro Circuit never has the worst case scenario right, happen. Right. Uh, talking about Paula really quick, JT, Baggett cross-jumping, Wilson cross-jumping me. He's going to kill somebody. Repeatedly, he's going to kill somebody. Does he have a point? If he was, yeah, he has a point, but I didn't I didn't really see it and I don't I don't race with Dean enough to know if that's something he does commonly. But are there there's dudes who do that? Yeah, of course. Who's who who, who does Balby that? Balby used to do it all the time. Balby? Yeah, he was really, really bad about it. Uh do you ever maybe he wasn't in control though. Yeah, it's it's a it's a concerted effort because they hear you yeah. and they, they lean that way. Yeah. They're they make sure they're they're right. angling that way. Right. Uh, and if that's the case, then he has a valid argument, but I don't know if that's the case or if it's just mm-hmm. an issue where they hate each other and maybe their lines cross one time and back right. and flew off the handle. Who knows? Uh, Kyle Lewis? Cross jumper? He didn't really cross jump. He just blocked. Okay. Block, block, block everywhere. Everywhere you wanted to go, he was going to go there and sit in the line and stop. <laughs> so, it wasn't really cross. It wasn't dangerous. It was just annoying. Right. <laughs> uh, no, good points, Wygant. Well, what I was going to say is um, we did see, I think the Star Racing team made big strides this year. They did. Um, they did, yeah. I mean, you could argue that they were better outdoors, that they were better than Geico. You could make that argument. It was very, you know, their top two guys, Cunningham and um, and Tomac, were very close in points. Sipes had a great Supercross year. I think they made strides. And then you got to think that the KTM bringing in Roxanne and Musquin next year is going to be good. So. Oh, that's going to be good. Roxanne's going to be good. Yeah. Um, um, I thought that... Uh, you know, star racing. I mean, letting Alan Brown go was a fantastic move. Really? I'm just saying. Voicemail. Huh? Voicemail, right? Voicemail, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, they they did well. They did good with Doug. Doug comes in. They win the first moto. Uh, I do like that. That was funny. Tire choice. Yeah. Southwick. He's undefeated as a manager. <laughs> One yeah, know. he retired. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Star racing. Take a good step up. And uh, and hopefully, do we know, is Ardette going back? I think he is. Really? They're going to keep him? Yeah, and they're going to keep Peters. No, not Odette. I'm sorry. Swanepoel. Okay. Swanepoel's going I can, back. You can make that argument. I think is 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 Odette out and Peters in? Why again? Do we know? Well, Peters is in, and then I heard they were basically had two guys left for one spot. So if you heard it's Swanepoel, that's, that's yeah. No, I definitely Odette. think Swanepoel's going back. I think he confirmed yeah. that on Twitter to somebody. So um, I mean, if you have to pick between the two, I it's hard to not pick Swanepoel right over Odette. Odette was just hit and miss way too much. Yeah. Well, good times. Uh, 2011 uh, motocross review show uh, on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. Uh, thank you, Jason Wygant. Um, appreciate it. Uh, today is uh, Friday. Do you want this podcast done today? Nah. Nah, it's already almost It's getting late East Coast time. So, luckily, we didn't really go too crazy on the uh, – well, this will be good. We recorded before the Monster Cup. We said a few things about it. So, now you'll see how smart or dumb we are. Yeah, good point. You're right. Okay, so we'll get this up next week on Racer X. And uh, uh, Jason Thomas, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna need it. What are you gonna do with that million dollars? I don't know. There's a lot of cocaine and uh, prostitution here in Vegas, so mm-hmm. I may check that out. Okay. All yeah. right. On those notes, we'll go. Thanks, Wygant. <laughs>
you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix. 